Hello, everyone. Welcome and thank you for tuning in to our podcast, It's About Payroll. We're your hosts, Brian Escobar and Walter William Duncan III. Whether you're new to the payroll industry or a seasoned vet, this is the podcast for you. Welcome to today's show where we are covering the five pillars of payroll. And today we're covering pillar number three. It's going to cover systems, meaning your HCM, your payroll system, and any other system that kind of plays into that mix to create a payroll check. Uh Before we get into it, I had an interesting find in some of the research that you did, Walt, and I wanted to talk about it. It was free payroll software. Hmm. And I thought it was crazy. Yes, I thought that was crazy. So I dug in, went to the site, and the way they do this is it's only for up to 25 employees. If you have more than that, it's a Mm no-go. And the way they fund it or they subsidize it, they advertise to the 25 Uh, people that are logging into the payroll system. Yeah. Yeah. So they're using ad money, which is clever because if you do it like on a micro-local level, right, and in, and mm-hmm. if I'm using it here and maybe like the local pizzerias and the local businesses and accountants, and I thought it was pretty cool to have a free payroll software, but of course, it's only for 25 people, so which makes yeah. sense because I was like, That's, this is impossible. How in the world do they cover the cost, you know? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but it's pretty cool. So yeah, that was a nice little nugget out there. So I wonder, I wonder if they, if they like did analysis on that stuff, like if they had some metrics or analytics uh, on that to see what that what that sweet spot was with the number of free for free, employees. right? Yes, like twenty five. You know? They must have. Yes, yeah, it's something that makes sense. Not too big, but not big enough. Something like yeah. that. Gotcha. Yes. So let's get right into it. We're going to talk about systems today. It's the number three pillar on the five pillars of payroll, and this again it means the system that you're working with either to produce payroll or your HR system. There are many different systems that will play into your ecosystem, (laughs) you know, so to speak. And to your payroll universe. Into your there we go. And no matter how many systems they are, they're gonna bucket into one of these three categories. It's gonna be preliminary systems where that might be your applicant tracking your onboarding because we're talking about preliminary before you get to pay that person. This is still, it's about payroll, right? So when we talk preliminary, we're talking pre-payroll before Mm -hmm. you push that payroll button. So it's going to be an applicant tracking and onboarding and the like. Mm -hmm. And then there's going to be ancillary systems, meaning your time and attendance system. Mm-hmm. being the main one. And there's, there can be other ones as well, some calculations or a system might even be your the way you house your spreadsheets that feed into your uh, payroll. That could be s- not quite a system, but it's you're working some other data into, your, into the payroll mix. Yeah. And then your core systems, which are going to be your HCM, your human capital management, and your payment system, your payroll system. Yeah. By the way, there are over 16,000 payroll system providers, payroll companies in the U.S., including the big four or five, depending on who you consider the big four or five. And the reason why I broke it down, like for HCM and payment, because they can be separate. You uh-huh. can get, right? You can, I've bid 
I've been places where we're using one HCM and we're feeding that into a different payroll system. Yeah. And it's two different companies, even though both companies respectively have the other product. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So it's just how that happens. That and that just personal pre- who knows the, a million ways that you you get your mix of yeah. software to blend and and use together or not. You can have yeah. a you can have an HCM that's a payroll system, and you have a payroll system that can be a HCM. So it gets very confusing. Nevertheless. They can be one or they can be two, but those are your main products because you have to have somewhere to have your employee information and you have to pay them from somewhere. Yes. So, and it doesn't always have to be the same one. So you can keep that in mind. Uh, and when you're looking at systems, learning about systems, it's going to fall into one of these three places. It's, you know, again, preliminary, ancillary, or your core systems. Core systems. Okay. Right. Yeah, and then a lot of times also I know that some of these systems, sometimes they can speak to each other. And what, what I mean by speak to each other is that they they can be easily integrated to where you can upload from one into the other. Like you may use an ancillary system for time and attendance, but use a different core system to make payment, yep. right? So you have to upload from that ancillary system with, the, with your time. You import it to submit the payment for your your payrolls, whatever frequency that's on. And I think that should be mentioned as well, just for some of the newer payroll folks out there. Yeah, absolutely. There's two types of integrations, that manual Mm -hmm. and automated, and then it depends. Can they be fully automated or are Mm -hmm. you the automation? That's something you want to keep in mind. Yes. That's a good call out. And then in the... those hundreds of thousands of solutions, they're going to fall into three categories. Either it's going to be off the shelf, meaning you're going to buy this product in the cloud and use it in the cloud and it's just built and mm-hmm. you, you, you map it out. And according to your specifications, meaning data wise, but mm-hmm. you're not changing the way this works. Yeah. It works one way and that's it. Right. Yep. So that's off the shelf. And that's usually for small companies. Yeah. Mid-market companies can afford a little bit more because SaaS software as a service gets expensive. So you have your mid-market, which is a little customizable, but is also going to have its limitations. Mm -hmm. And mid-market is usually 500 employees, I believe to 2,000. There may be some subcategories there, but I know the cap for mid-market is at 10,000 employees the start has got to be somewhere in the thousands, maybe a thousand, something like that. So it says mid-market is between 100 to 999 employees. That's crazy. That's a big gap. Yeah. That's a lot. And between 50 million to 1 billion in revenue. That's for mid-size mid-market companies. Yeah. No wonder why there's so much room in that space because mm-hmm. that's like everybody. And then above that, folks, above the, what is that? Basically 100 to 10,000 is called enterprise. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, over 10,000 employees. So yeah. your software is going to fall into one of these three groups and you have more custom customability, customization options as you go into the mid-market and enterprise, not so much on off the shelves. So keep yeah. that in mind as you're dealing with softwares and all that. Things are customizable, but 
your ability to impact that is going to depend on where you are in this scale and what type of product it is. So, so Brian, I don't know if you want to get, if you don't want to get too deep into it, but just for some of the, some of the newer payroll folks can understand when you say customizable, you're not saying that as far as the system is concerned, you're saying as far as what the system can do, right? What they can offer. Yeah, it's a bit of both, really. So, both, for, okay. yeah, it's a bit of both because at some level you you could, at enterprise level, you might have to be able to afford the customization. You pay for it. You're going to pay a pretty penny. And even at the mid-market level, you might be able to get customization, but you're going to pay for it. So, yeah. yes, it's that. It's saying, oh, my gosh, do something for me that you don't do for anybody. Or mm-hmm. it's their toolbox is so deep and has so many uh, options that you're going to find the customization that you need in there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. And as you move again through those mid-market enterprise, it's more options that are, yeah, little customizations that you need for your business that are there and you're going to be able to build, Mm -hmm. or you'll be able to actually impact them changing the software, changing the code. Okay. Yeah, it's possible because even the big guys have, what do they call it, ERP requests or something like that, where you can submit things that you want to see in the software, and then they're running analytics on the back end. So if their customer base wants one thing, the same thing, then they're going to do it. For instance, two-factor authentication was a big issue in the past few years. That's something that the big guys caught up with in the last Mm -hmm. year or so where, you know, and I literally remember it, it wasn't available at the beginning of the year. And then it was available at the end of the year. And when it came, it was like, yeah, enough customers asked for it. It's been on the roadmap and here it is, but you're going to get that more in the mid market enterprise level is because the off the shelves, they didn't, they don't have the budget for that. They created a product that is just kind of can keep reselling, 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 and you may mm-hmm. not have you. They may not have the funds, right, and the resources to keep mm-hmm. changing it. So, gotcha. yeah, but that's a good, yeah, that's a good call out. Thank you, for, thank you for explaining that. Thank you, sir. Okay, all right. So on to the next one. We want to talk a little bit about managing those systems. Yes, absolutely. Okay. And and bef- this is a one that we get can get dangerously caught up with so it could be a whole nother show is managing and in your integrations right because now you have mm-hmm. i mean gosh we have three or four different softwares that we need to use to get payroll done yeah. and they're not all integrated we're the automation meaning yeah. like walt said earlier you're downloading files from one system you're mm-hmm. reformatting them according to the system that it needs to get uploaded to mm-hmm. and you're pushing it into another system mm-hmm. and you're going on from there. I think yeah. the biggest call out that we can, or tip rather that we can, or best practice that we can offer right now is saying that at every point where you have integration, mm-hmm. there's an opportunity to do an audit. You, because you, right, you're taking 200 hours out of one system and you're pushing it into another. You have mm-hmm. to make sure that 200 hours went in either through computer error or for a number of million different errors, you have to make sure it's, you know, still 200 hours. So you may have another point where after you process payroll, you need to move that data into the GL. And Mm -hmm. you need to make sure that what you did is moving. So again, that is that same 
activity at every mm -hmm. point of contact, right? We can say between two systems, you have an opportunity to audit and reconcile between the two. Not even an opportunity. Honestly, it's a requirement if you're it's not doing practice. it already. Yes. Yeah, exactly. It's best practice. Yeah. You're mm -hmm. going to, if you're, if that's where you are and you're managing multiple systems to get payroll done, it is an absolute requirement to reconcile between the systems. Yep. Make sure the data is the same throughout every system. Checks, checks and balances, yeah. And especially for those I feel bad that kind of have to do uh, redundancy where you have to enter the same information into two different systems mm -hmm. at the same time, but you can't do it at the same time. You got to enter it in that one and then enter it in that one and keep maintaining that. Man, mm -hmm. I feel bad for those companies and teams that are out there that are doing that. So sorry for you. Share the pain because maybe we have some solutions as a community that we can share with you to do something. You're not seeing something. I love fresh eyes, love mm -hmm. bringing fresh eyes in on things because you get so used to doing it your way. You're not thinking of another way. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, absolutely. I, I agree with you on that, Brian. Yeah. So I, I remember this one employer that I worked for that. I had to manage, I think it was three or four systems, right? So we used an independent time and attendance system. We use a well-known core system for payment. We had another system because we reported to HR. We had another system where we had to manage performance reviews. And then we had another system where we had to manage like bonuses and stuff like that. But it was more antiquated. It was more like Excel, honestly, than anything. So we had to use all those different things in payroll in order to get to the end result, which was payment. Because the, the performance reviews affected promotions, sometimes demotions. Wow. Rates and stuff like that. So, and then time uh, and attendance paid the hourly people their pay, of course. The reason I brought up that story is because some of it depends on the structure of the employer, right? Mm -hmm. So, with that being said, I wanted to get into payroll's involvement and integration and the management of those systems because I know I felt helpless at times being a payroll manager where I'm trying to manage all these different systems and it wasn't it was so much because we didn't have the right size team or there were there was a lot of challenges right in the way so what could someone what advice or what tips could would you give someone in the payroll who may be having these multiple systems and struggling to, to get through, what would you suggest? That's a big one. Mm -hmm. If there's man knowledge, right? Because yeah. it, and it's a process and I'm not, I don't mean to throw it out there like, Oh, knowledge, good knowledge. And you like, no, I'm, <laughs> I'm saying you got to do the research. You got to figure out if you can get the systems to talk automatically. You got to yeah. figure out, you got to try to problem solve and say, okay, how can I improve this process? And that sometimes you, you ask like your coworker about something. Oh, does this do this? No, you can't. <laughs> don't trust them. I'm mean, yeah. trust, but verify. Trust, right? but verify. trust, but verify is what I live by. Okay, mm, let me call the software. Try to find those common pieces to each system because yeah. you could find it now, now what's happening between systems they're doing ftps and they're dropping the file right you get one vendor to 
automatically drop a file mm -hmm. and you get the other vendor to automatically pick up the file on a timely basis so that has the little AI and the bots going out there and getting it automatically provided that you set it up. You have to set it up and test it. It doesn't happen automatically. You have to put the work in to yes. set it up. Yes. But you have to go grind them out because now we are getting to a place, especially with the pandemic, that mm -hmm. these softwares are willing, more willing to integrate, mm -hmm. right? Before, they could, you'd be like, mm, no, we, we don't integrate. Yeah. But now, being that everybody's working remotely and it's been, you know, right, they have to pivot. So yes. there are a lot more opportunities for them to integrate and they're more willing to do it. So now mm -hmm. you like push. And one of the things that I've learned and really well in the last year is that listen everything is changing so rapidly what was a no yesterday is mm -hmm. a yes tomorrow mm -hmm. because the companies it's the big guys the small guys, everybody is racing to keep up mm -hmm. and racing to give you a better product and yeah. racing to give you that integration so yeah. you have to keep pushing them and asking or develop good relations if you're dealing with five different systems you should have five different reps that you are, have a really great relationship with and you're always asking them hey when are we going to be able to integrate with this one when are we going to be able to do this right so you got to fight that battle and then if it's really painful and there's no integrations there at all opportunities to improve then of course what are we doing again we're building a business case yes that we need to take to our bosses mm. for approval yes. whatever that may be whatever they that may look like we're building a business case and it's getting to the point right now that I need a software on how to build business cases because it, um, it, it's happening so much, especially yeah. in changing and growing companies. Absolutely. And I, I think that's a perfect segue to some of these general tips that you have listed out in our notes for the today's show when it comes to uh, the integration and implement, implementation of systems. Oh, um, perfect. Yeah. I'll, I'll just read them off and then, then you can like elaborate right. on those is identify your system's needs and requirements. If you have a hard time, hire a consultant. Yes. Research systems based on your requirements. That means you got to get out there, get on the internet, find out stuff, talk to other people if you have to, talk to your peers in the industry, whatever you got to do to find out about these uh, systems. Be comprehensive with comparisons. I like that one a lot. <laughs> and I can't, I, I'm, I'm excited for you to talk about that one here in a second. So, and then you have a note that followed up for your first tip about hiring a, a consultant. So you said, if you're hiring a consultant, be careful. And I'm intrigued why you said be careful, but I, I think I have an idea, but I'll, I'll let you speak to that in a second. Pre-established affiliations. Uh, okay. I see that. Yep. Stretching out their core competency. Mm -hmm. uh, okay. Okay. So, okay. I'll let you talk on my stuff, man. Okay. So, yes, absolutely. No, these I got excited about, too. And the first one is identify your system's needs and requirements. and yep. Or rather, your system needs. And that mm -hmm. really means your business needs. Okay. What do you, what as a business, what are you trying to solve? What your business ecosystem. are you in? Your ecosystem, right. You have gotcha. to try to define your ecosystem. Do you need time in attendance or are you all salaried? Because mm -hmm. then if you're all salaried, you don't need a time and attendance system. Mm -hmm. You know, that's an easy one. And then how complex is it? Is nursing needs a lot of different pay codes. Mm -hmm. And that they have a whole Shifted. ecosystem. Yes, yes. Shift it. Not even that. They have a whole ecosystem of just pay codes that work off of each other and are contingent on one another. 
So that, yeah. So you need a, a system that can handle that complexity, whereas a hedge fund might just be paying a salary and commissions. So you want to, you have to identify your business needs and then how that translates to your system requirements. But again, if you're having a hard time, consider mm-hmm. hiring a consultant. And what a consultant is going to do is bridge the gap. They're going to, they're going to uh, translate for you. They're mm-hmm. going to say, okay, that's your, this is your technology solution then. Okay. No. So let me ask you a question in here with the higher consultant. Because sure. I know some of these systems, like the core systems with some of these, especially when you're in the mid-market or the enterprise market, some of these core systems, even some of the, the ancillary systems will provide their own services with that stuff. Do you suggest no. using those? Okay. No, that and that's where the be careful comes in okay. and the pre-established affiliations. Gotcha. So okay. if you're hiring one of the big guys and you're getting a software, regardless, whoever it is, and they say, oh, we have a consultant that can help you implement, you mm-hmm. want them, you do want that consultant. And that mm-hmm. should come as a standard, right? Mm-hmm. Depending on where you're buying this software, because then, again, they, if it's an affordable mid-market product, everything, it may be like a Spirit Airlines where you just get the seat. Everything else you have to pay for type of thing. Got to pay for Um, the cushions. Yeah, you got to pay for exactly. But you understand that going into it, so it's different. But what I urge is for if you hire a consultant, you're getting someone who's not affiliated with, uh, oh, we're this expert. And a lot of them advertise that they're experts at one system or another, right? And I, I think that's great if you've already made up your mind on what system you need. But... If you're still looking for systems, you got to be wary of the consultant that you hired that kind of is an expert for only two or three systems that are out there. Yeah. Because if you end up with that system, have you had a really honest shake at things? Yeah. So you don't want, you don't, if if it was me, I wouldn't hire a consultant that had an affiliation with a a, a pre-established, and a system, a pre-established relationship with a vendor or a product or whatever. I would try to just get folks that are, experts period in the in human resources in payroll they're just consultants period they can talk to you about any system and that's it the good consultant is going to bridge that gap they're going to say hey these are your business needs and here is your technology solution yeah and and they'll be able to spell it out with with, and they'll give you a a game plan Mm -hmm. an outside consultant will give you a game plan for each option that you're thinking about Yes. So like like you're saying, it won't be transfixed on the one solution. Like, oh, you got to make this work. You yeah. Make this work. You know what I'm saying? So Right. Gotcha. They're going to be circling back to their partnerships at the end of the gotcha. day. So just keep that in mind if you hire a consultant. A con- consultant. Be, be comprehensive with comparison. That means look at as many as you have time to. The problem is a lot of times companies don't realize you really need about a year to implement let me qualify that. Let me yes. qualify that <laughs> for big comp- for big implementations. It's mm. going to depend on how many. So let's say mid market, one hundred to ten thousand. You need a year, maybe not the one hundred, but definitely as you climb through into a thousand employees, even at five hundred, you're going to have a lot of data depending on how long you've been running payroll. If you're changing payroll systems, you probably have a few years of data. So even if it's only 100 people, you times that how many times that by turnover, times that by how many years, you got hundreds of thousands, if not millions of rows of data. 
Yeah. Right? With that little population. For mid-market imp- implementation, you should have a year. Yeah. You should plan a year. And I know a lot, oh, that's crazy, the money and this and that. See, it doesn't mean that you have hired all these folks yet. Mm. You could, it could be preparation. Your new vendor is going to ultimately do whatever you want. Gotcha. You tell them, hey, I'm not, I'm, I want to sign now, but we're going to start three months down the line. Mm. Then that, it is what it is. You're going to be able to flex what you want in mid-market if you're getting into a contract. They're going to want to yeah. please you, right? So try to give yourself as, as much time as you can to implement. Yeah, because that, that will reduce some of the errors, some of the problems, and you don't want to implement garbage because garbage no. in, garbage out. You yes. want to implement garbage data yes. into your new system. Exactly. exactly. So, yeah. again, be comprehensive with comparison. Mm-hmm. Give yourself time to find the right vendor. Don't yeah. rush in, right? And me and Wall have been part of organizations. They rush into something because they want to save a buck. And then they realize, and the experts yeah. come in, they didn't have payroll as a part of the process for the vetting process. And then all of a sudden you throw this on your payroll team. And then they tell you what's wrong. And you realize, wow, I'm not saving any money because now I have to hire somebody Mm-hmm. To take to do all the things that I just lost in functionality, moving from one software to the other, and and I know a lot of times during that during those situations that I've experienced, and I think you can attest it to this as well, is that they don't. A lot of companies don't factor in the fact that you have to train your employees yes. in this new system and exactly. the time and money that takes. Exactly. Because if there's mistakes and stuff like that from the training, because some some people learn slower than others, differently than others. However, if you have a lot of turnover at your company, you're always going to be constantly training. A lot of companies don't factor that in. No. And then it's it's almost, hey, we can't afford to train. No, you can't afford not to train. Yes. You can't afford not to take this time to implement this. Some folks are spending $100,000 on implementing a payroll product or HR product. Mm-hmm. And you're gonna do it fast, mm-hmm. bro. I, I, I had I, a I, go ahead. I had a IT direct. I'm sorry. She was probably like the VP of IT mm-hmm. uh, at one of of one of previous employments, and she said we could do it fast, but it's gonna be dirty. Yep, <laughs> you know what fast, I'm saying. But it's gonna be dirty. I like. But that. it's gonna be dirty because yeah. she knew the date that, and what that meant in her speak is the date is gonna be bad. Yeah, we can flip this switch. Sure, mm-hmm. we can flip this switch in six weeks. Yeah, but the date is going to be horrible. And and for a payroll implementation, I always say go one one at the beginning of the calendar year, regardless of when your fiscal year is. Mm-hmm. Payroll, no matter what, runs on a calendar year. Your W two is for a calendar year. Yep. So that is when the data turns over. Yep. So. That's when you ideally want to run an implement. You don't have to worry about moving balances and accumulators and a million other things that you don't even think about if in the middle of the year. You know what I mean? Quarter end is a a second option, but best Mm -hmm. option is year end. You're not moving balances. You're not, you Mm -hmm. don't have to worry about these totals that you now have to manage between two tax authorities because the payment like it gets really messy so anywho if you're spending all that money on a system why not do it right 
Why wouldn't you Absolutely. do it right? But they don't, they're not, they don't think about it that way. They're far, they're 10,000 feet in the air. They're just like, hey, aren't we supposed to get this done? So that's always my push because it's a warning. And if, if they do it any other way, at least you've warned them. Hey, if yeah. we don't do it 1-1, it's going to be dirty. Yep, it's going to be dirty. And if we don't have at least six mm-hmm. months to a year, it's going to be dirty. Yeah, I think as a good payroll professional, that should be something that you mentioned. You can't be afraid to push back. If they say, hey, you have can, to. You, can, can you get this done in a month? Oh, yeah, we can get it done. But just know if, if we do it this way, some of the some of these calamities, some some of the fallout could be this. Oh my gosh! Yes, you know what I'm saying. Like I remember working for a company where my manager, it was mid quarter. It was like the beginning of the year. It was the first quarter of the year. Mid quarter, we had just switched to a, another system, another core system, and they didn't like it, so they wanted to save money. And so the owner came in there and said, "Well, I need to get. I want this done by the beginning of the second quarter." There's no question. My my manager at that time didn't push back. Oof. He said, "Okay, sure, we'll get it done." And there were so many errors, so many hiccups, people's taxes. Like that was one rough year. And that that what people, what folks don't realize is that probably had a ripple effect for years. Yes, years. Again, looping back to be comprehensive with comparison. Mm-hmm. Take your time choosing. F- the companies that you need and compare Mm -hmm. them and circle it back to your requirements. It can't just be about the money. Yeah. Right. Cause if it's about the money, it'd probably be cheaper just to stay in the position that you're in and leverage it. Speaking of which, before you think you have to move to another system, Mm -hmm. you need to have, you need to have exhausted your current system. Yep. You need to know your current system in and out, call your vendor, call your reps and say, Hey, Am I leveraging the system the way I could? What are my opportunities? And they will be glad to tell you, mm. right? Because one, they should, good customer service. And two, it's yeah. an opportunity to talk to you and upsell. Yep. They're going to be, yeah, oh, absolutely. We're going to send this person out. We're going to send that person out. Because not only are they are going to tell you what you're not doing, they're going to tell you what you can also do. And they want mm. an opportunity to sell you anyway. Mm-hmm. Which is great. The more things you know about, the better. You keep good relationships with your vendors and your sales reps, and yeah. that's how you build your world, right? Because then they're going to want to help you more. They're going to they're going to start throwing you tips, things like that. Be comprehensive with the comparison. Again, leaning back to just making sure you're getting required. Compare and contrast. Do the do the nifty charts and checks and minuses yes. of you know this one has and this one doesn't and that one has it that one doesn't. Because, again, it, it, you could be wasting money thinking you're going to save money doing this, and then it doesn't have a core competence that you really need, that you needed from the gate. But you didn't identify your system needs properly, so you yeah. don't know where you're getting. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and one thing I want to say is that, you know, as a payroll professional, if you're, especially if you're in management, you should always want to be involved or be in the room when these decisions are made, if you can be. But a good organization would want you to be, right? Something that's managed. I'm not telling you to leave the organization that you're at if you're happy there. But a organization that is about doing things the right way when it comes to implementing, especially when those systems um, are going to impact payroll, you should want to 
have at least your payroll manager or somebody in the, in the room to express those things because the devil's in the details. A lot of times Absolutely. the, the, the C-suite and the higher-ups are thinking on a different level. Mm-hmm. And as we know, one of Brian's many favorite quotes, the devil's in the details. Yep. And a lot of times they may know a little bit of the surface stuff and some of the things that have been related to them by you, you, you as the payroll professional, but they don't know a lot of the details that you would know as the payroll spe- uh, person that you are. So I think that's important. I think that's vital for uh, successful integrations or implementations of these systems that are directly going to impact payroll because at the end of the day if it uh impacts payroll it's going to impact the employee yeah absolutely you know absolutely no that's a great call out because it's right you you, the success or lack thereof of your implementation is going to depend on how much you had payroll involved in the process yep that's it that's really the the truth of it all and i think it's becoming more apparent it's more people are realizing that more now because payroll is starting to get that momentum. It's starting to just be like, wow, okay. And it's more complex and different um, compensation packages. And the more complexity that's went into compensation has dictated more awareness around payroll. Yeah. Right. And we're starting to get it. You hope that you're part of that conversation with implementation because it could be a beast. And like I said, the implementation, we'll have to cover it. We're going to, we'll have to cover it again in the show in a different episode because it deserves its own episode just yeah. to try to, we, I just wanted to lead. And you see, this is why, because we kind of, you go easily on a tangent on something involved in implementation, but just yeah. to circle back to the tips that we wanted to help you guys or share with you guys today is identify your system needs and requirements if you have a hard time, hire a yeah. consultant. Research your system based on those needs that you just discovered and, and established. Yeah. Be comprehensive with your comparison, meaning as many different vendors as you can have the time to vet, do it, and yeah. try to give yourself a lot of time. I should, that should be its own separate tip. As much time as you can take. If you're hiring a consultant, be careful because some of them have pre-established affiliations. And what I meant by stretch stretch out of their core competence, meaning if you call a consultant that doesn't, maybe it's on the cusp and you thought it was the right consultant, they may take the work like because they're excited, and mm-hmm. but they've never done it before and you're going to be the guinea pig. You don't want that consultant. I'm sorry. Unless they're doing it for free. <laughs> it should be for free if you do that. I mean, even if it's for free, I don't know. <laughs> no, I mean, even to consider it, right? Because maybe yeah. you never know. It's, I yeah. When I was Learning to be a barber back in the day used to get free cuts at the school because you're letting students cut your hair. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I I got you. But in my time in the military, I don't know if people will agree with you because I was cutting (laughs) hair in the military for free because they wanted to give me a shot at being a barber. And oh, that's hilarious. They were like, oh, that's hilarious. It's not good. So yeah. see, you were stretching out your core competence yeah. and it didn't work. So so what's that movie? Gangs of New York, right? Yeah. So what was that guy's name? Because you know my you middle know, name, my middle name is the, 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 oh. the movie. Bill the um, Butcher. They used to call me that. Red, oh, Bill, Bill the Butcher. Butcher. <laughs> That's hilarious, bro. Yeah. Oh my god. So I don't see, know. I, we both had a, a stint in 
being barbers and we're not barbers folks so we left that (laughs) the next one is have a clear scope of what your consultant will do for you if you're Mm. we were talking about hiring a consultant have a clear scope of what they're going to do for you hold them accountable and Mm. require constant communication Mm -hmm. you know so that that's so, implementation of systems, right? Those mm-hmm. are the tips to implement systems. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we promise to come back with a show for it because there's so much to talk about. So one thing I wanted to mention, this is more so of a tip, just to kind of give you guys the, the, to let you know what the difference between a PEO and an ASO is. So I'm sure if you worked in those organizations that process payroll for a lot of multiple clients, a lot of employers, that's a PEO. You know, a PEO stands for Professional Employer Organization. And typically, those are those core systems that they handle, like the payroll, tax compliance. Some of them will handle HR, workers' comp, benefits, and that, that stuff. But typically, what a PEO does is that it will file the taxes for you on your behalf and it'll be covered under their EIN. Now, the ASO is a little bit different. They, they can do some of the same things. ASO stands for Administrative Services Organization. Mm. And, and sometimes... Never heard of that one. Sometimes, I work, yeah, I work for a company that offer both options. You can either be brought in under the PEO or the ASO service. Now, What's the ASO like? So an ASO, they can do some of the same things. They process everything. It's like your payroll, your tax compliance, your human resources, your insurance benefit stuff. But the employer or the client retains the record status and all payroll taxes are reported and filed using the client's FEIN. Okay. So that's the difference, really. So more like traditional, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Whereas the PEO is something very different. It's, it's it's almost the employee is yours, but it's not doesn't work for you yeah. legally. Yes. Just completes things for you. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because so, yeah. like payroll is easy to understand, but sometimes PEOs offer also HR folks too, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You have a, you can have like outsource your whole HR department, basically. So HRO, I think. I say HRO is called. Yeah, human resource outsourcing. Yes, yes. See, and so I, I, so in that case, you don't hold the systems. Yeah, but you still kind of have to have access. No, or how does that work? Yes. With the, you so, get a login. So and you can pull reports and view. So yeah, what the clients have back when I first started at a PEO, they basically would either call in, email, or fax their timesheet over. Wow. And and me as a payroll uh, processor, then I had to manually key it in, import it, or whatever. And I was responsible for it, for balancing it and everything. They had a total on there, but even if their total was wrong, I had to let them know, hey, your total, your numbers are wrong. This is the total of the total hours and confirm it with them. Had to get approval from them before I can move forward. So, yeah. Hey, they would hand me the, they would get us, get us the timesheet somehow, however they saw fit. We would take that information and push it through for payment. That's, that was just, that was, that company was just strictly heavy payroll processing. We didn't do any other stuff. We strictly process payrolls in that instance. Wow. Yeah. 
That's crazy. In that case, you're leaving the systems up to them. That's a whole mm-hmm. outsource deal. And if you can afford this and it's built right, again, identifying your system needs and requirements, but you're going to outsource it. And it may save you a ton of money. It may sense for you. Not every, It's not going to make sense for every industry. It's a luxury almost. Yeah. You know what I mean? You In some cases, you're pretty much paying for an FTE full-time equivalent in another company. So... You got to think about that. It, it, you know, does the math work for you? Does the bit, and it may work. It may work fine, and that's why they exist. And and it's a billion dollar industry. I think companies forget they're the ones in the driver's seat. You pick yeah. what you need. Don't li- you can't listen to these big fancy salesmen talking to you and you know wooing you. Whoa, easy. I you got to know what you need. Mm-hmm. Just like buying anything, you have to be a, a informed consumer. Yes. You have to be a savvy consumer. You're spending hundreds of thousands, tens of hundreds to millions of dollars on software. Mm-hmm. Don't get run over. You have to apply some logic, these tips to do your work, take your time, and then implement. You know what I yeah. mean? We're talking about systems, this pillar, and implementation will probably, uh, again, be the spinoff episode. Yeah, oh my goodness, the spinoff. We could probably do a whole series on implementation. Yeah. Yeah. Holy moly. It's so much. It's ginormous. But that's why we figured we'd just give you these tips. Yeah. I hope it was helpful. I know we had a note for being SAS, uh, SSAE, or SOC compliant. Oh, absolutely. Um, yes, compliance. Duh. Yeah. So all your systems, just because it's a software out there in the internet and they look fancy and they look legit, doesn't mean that it's a compliant system. You fancy, huh? You fancy, you look fancy, and it's just it's just like you buy a real cool car or something, mm-hmm. nice car, and it doesn't pass inspection. You know what I mean? Like, whoa, yep. doesn't matter how nice the car is if it's not if it doesn't pass inspection, you can't drive yeah. it. Yep. If you don't get a compliant software, you can't use it. Yeah, and that's like standard for the industry, right? Just like when you like have a building that needs to be up to code. It won't pass inspection. That's similar to like how it is with the systems. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I don't think folks think about it so much because, oh, wow, no, I found this great software and it's amazing. But has it been vetted for cybersecurity, like for security threats? And mm-hmm. can, can is it easily hacked? Pookie. Yeah. <laughs> Hacking to it. <laughs> Hacking to it, exactly. Or what is it when you're dealing with our auditors, they ask for that SOC report. There's a, yeah. a, a specific report that they ask for that is industry standard. They have to produce it. They can't not produce it. The payroll software people can't not produce this report. They have to be compliant. So you want to make sure that you're dealing with companies that maintain compliance. And yeah. these are things that, again, you can research before. Comprehensive comparisons. Do your research and make sure that the companies have what they need. There's no better business. Read all the tweets about them. Whatever info is out there, and especially in today's world where we have so many communities that we can talk about brands and products, yeah. like, come on. You, it's, you go out and do the research. You're spending hundreds of thousands to millions of dollars. Somebody needs to do the work for the company and make sure that you're not getting a bad product. Yeah. And yes, there is compliance around it. So you have to be aware of what compliance you need. And in payroll, it's usually a basically around IRS, 
the moving of personal information. We've talked about PPI many times, mm-hmm. and we will continue to talk about PPI and IRS and all these good things because that is what defines payroll. We're dealing with personal information, and we got to keep it secure. So you want your websites and your systems and your cloud computing to be cyber secure and uh-huh. compliant. Yep. Absolutely. Yes, sir. All right. So I think we're at the end of our show. Do you have any uh, last parting tips or words for the viewers or the listeners? No, no, no. That's it, man. Like, uh, send us any questions or mm-hmm. any thoughts that you guys have on this pillar systems. As I hope we're we're getting building up that community with you all, and we want to answer some questions and give feedback through the show because nobody knows everything in payroll. Nobody yeah. knows everything. Prove me wrong. Nobody <laughs> knows everything in payroll, period. So the more we know as a community and the more we can share this knowledge base, the mm-hmm. more future generations will have this library to, 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 to pull off of. Because this is like what they call evergreen content in the mm-hmm. podcast world where this stuff that we talk about now is probably going to be relevant for at least five or ten years especially maybe a lot more because it's general it, it, yeah. no matter what system you have and no matter what this is all applicable it was applicable 10 years ago and it's applicable for at least another 10 years so it's mm-hmm. evergreen material right yeah. and let's keep adding that content to like i've said in other shows we're an underserved market right yeah. Come, keep bringing the payroll content out there yep. so yeah, man, I'm just glad to share. I'm glad to be a part of the conversation for years to come. I'm excited about where it's going. I love it, man. I love that we stand diligent and we just keep turning out some helpful, what we believe is helpful information for folks. And let us know. Let us know. Start reaching out. Let us know. We're on LinkedIn. I think that's the best platform for us. You can find us anywhere else. Go ahead and reach out. But professionally, it's on LinkedIn and look in the clicks and the bios and all that to find the links of how to reach out and yeah man keep in touch we're excited we're excited to be a part of this conversation absolutely all right until next time guys peace peace thank you for joining us today on our podcast it's about payroll we're your hosts brian escobar and william duncan and until the next time folks keep learning keep growing and most importantly keep going